What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Noren, and Elliot Niblock. No, Paulie, he's stuck at work. And, you know, yeah. those, it he happens. It happens. <laughs> so, Elliot, how's things? Are you still in Mexico City or are you somewhere else now? No, I'm in Oaxaca. But, okay. uh, yeah, so still in, Me- in still in Mexico. Still in Mexico, enjoying the tacos. Oh, yeah, man, the tacos are great. Beer is only just okay, and the people are better than both combined. Well, I mean, don't they have the same Mexican beer there as we get up here? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple different ones. Like, you can get the prepackaged cheladas with lime and salt instead of just the, like, crappy Bud Light version of Michelada, which is horrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, more or less it's the same. There are a bunch of actual Mexican craft beers though, that are really good. So there are some that you can't get in the States. That's for sure. I was going to say, I don't think that I'm going to find a Mexican craft beer section at my uh, local grocery store. It's going to be Corona. It's going to be Tecate yeah. and, uh, maybe Dos Equis. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking a Bohemia right now, which is fine. There you go. Well, I had the, uh, the happiness of finding some Carlsberg when I went shopping last time. So that's, that's what been in my fridge for a while here now. Oh, God, man, I don't like Carlsberg. Nah, it's okay. I mean, it's it's more of a nostalgia thing for me because that's what we a lot of people drink back home when we're Yeah, younger. I don't but know. I, mean, I drink it, Carlsberg in London and I, I have no nostalgia for that beer. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not even the best Danish beer. Best Danish beer is Tuborg. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I don't know. There are probably some other Dane. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, there's Mikkeler, which is a pretty... Oh, yeah, Mikkeler's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's really oh, good. But that's the, that's the fancy stuff. Yeah. Well, like, anyway, I could talk about crap beer all night, but I can also talk about football all night, and that's what we're here to do. <laughs> that is true. And let's uh, back things up, go back in time, start on Tuesday, of course, with the Champions League. We had two games. Chelsea-Barcelona, that ended in a 1-1 draw. And then Bayern Munich whooping the floor with Besiktas 5-0. I think most people missed out on that one, though, because Chelsea-Barcelona always, you know, that's the big draw. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I I don't know, even if the game itself was, you know, Barcelona, expectedly Barcelona dominated possession, Chelsea were able to... Uh, still get a result from the game, which I'm sure they'll be thrilled with. But, it, I mean, it, it depends, right? Like, it's the perennial uh, question of, do you just want to see a ton of beautiful goals? Which, yeah. if you do, <laughs> seeing Bayern play a 10-man Besiktas is a good place to bet you're going to do that. Or yes. do you want to see a close-fought contest that could go either way? Then, well, Stamford Bridge is the place. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, poor William, too. He did end up on the score sheet, but he had two shot go off the post in the first half. Yeah. I mean, boy, he could have. See, that would have been something in a hat trick against Barcelona. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you prop, you know, you don't ever forget a hat trick for the rest of your life. And you certainly wouldn't forget one against a team like that on a stage like this. But I mean, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the United game soon, but this is one that I think, I mean, do you see it going any way in the second leg besides Barcelona just running them out of the Camp Nou with three or four goals? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Just they've been so great at home this season. I mean, they're still unbeaten last time I checked. So, yeah, you got to put it in Barcelona's favor, especially getting a an away goal in the first leg. So, 
Yeah, but they'll they'll of course be disappointed, right? I mean, yes and no. I think that they're happy that they got an away goal. I don't think a draw is the worst thing for them. Chelsea, on their other hand, I mean, it could have been. Let's say they they lose, you know, only one nothing. We say in the return leg, then it could have been like, oh, what if? What if William yeah. would have been a little bit more clinical in his finish? Yeah. Well, but strangely, though, it's interesting to me that you say that because I think that this is a result that both teams will actually be happy with, right? You know, which is sometimes the case when you get a draw, even when it's points on the table in terms of what whatever team is, you know, what their goals are, be it Champions League qualification, avoiding relegation, or even challenging for the title. But this is an instance in which even just like the aggregate scoreline, uh, you know, Chelsea have to believe that they they at least have a chance because Barcelona only got one away goal, but Barcelona have to be happy to go to their fortress and spank another team as they've done all season. Yeah, that's true. I think if Chelsea can get the first goal in that game, then we might see, you know, then then you got the whole tactical part of it, and then we'll have to see what Conte is made of too. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of work to do for N'Golo Kante, uh, if that's the case, uh, either way, he's going to have to uh, do a lot of work. And I think both him and Sergio Busquets had very, very good games, you know, playing that sort of yeah. mop-up role. So we'll see how things shake out in the second leg there. Bayern Munich, I mean, 5 nothing. Yeah, they're through. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I just don't... So they're through, full stop. Yeah. Nobody... There's... It doesn't matter. On to the, I mean, if uh, the game that if, I'm sure you want. Yeah, if Besiktas win 6 nothing, I'm going to give them all the praise in the world. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, they deserve all the praise in the world if that happens, but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, no. Then Wednesday, we had two Champions League games and one Europa League game. We can start with the Europa League game. Sheshka Moscow. One nothing win over Red Star Belgrade, and then in the Champions League we saw Chakhtar Donetsk take a two to one win at home over Roma. So that's a little bit of an upset, you could call it, I guess. Uh, even though Chakhtar, they are a good side. Uh, they're here for a reason, um, but nonetheless, Roma, the more familiar team from a lot of people, and some of the bigger names, of course, on Roma as well. So. That's definitely going to have some interest in the second leg. I'm almost more inclined to watch that than to see United play Sevilla again. Because that <laughs> scoreless draw was a rough, man. Oh, it was so rough. So scoreless draw, it was in Spain. And it was just painful to watch. And I tweeted out after the game that, you know, growing up, with United under Ferguson, they were always exciting to watch. Always. Since he left, they've gotten more and more boring to watch. And it's just sad, especially when you see the kind of players that they have in the lineup. Their attacking yeah. options are well, some phenomenal players, but it is not looking good. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's... Uh... For all of the animosity the two clubs and their supporters have had for one another down the years, there are some parallels at Arsenal for, you know, that beautiful football played both in Old Trafford and first at Highbury and then at the Emirates a decade and a half, 
20 years ago versus now and it's just uh yeah, it's yeah. Not, but anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to Arsenal later. No, I mean, but that's but Seb, that's so you, true. Seb, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it, for both. It's it is true. They're both following trajectories towards boring, boring football. But I mean, from a United perspective, are you, you know, are, are you confident going back to Old Trafford for the second leg of this tie, having it been a scoreless draw? I mean, do you think Jose's happy with it? I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I think that they would have been happier with a scoring draw. A 1-1 draw, that would have been better. Uh, I think that they can still bore the hell out of a Sevilla in the second leg and take a one nothing win. But at the same time, I, I, Sevilla, they had the better chances in this game. Uh, their finish was a little bit off. Uh, De Gea did have a couple of great saves and bailed the team out, as he's done many, many, oh, many, yeah. many times before. But yeah, I'm, I'm still not super worried I'm more worried about the tra- like you said the trajectory of the team and the fact that they extended Mourinho's contract and it's just I don't know what Ed Woodward is thinking. It's just that you know upper management really needs a shakeup and Mourinho needs to go. Well, yeah, and it's funny because that yet again is another parallel with Arsenal, not unrelated. Right. In terms of the fall off from the quality and the scintillating, you know, uh, nature of the football played between these two clubs several years ago is that I think the board needs a shakeup. And I also think Wenger needs to go. And I will I will give you some more of my thoughts on that from a, a match that was played a few hours ago in just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some differences here. I think the Glazers are not as involved as Kroenke might be as far as, you know, making sure the purse strings are tightened. Well, yeah, it's I mean, that's that's the thing is that his involvement is only to assure himself that he can skim a little cream off the top. Like he wants them to be just good enough that they continue to be a cash cow, but doesn't really care to invest such that they could be so good that they would be, you know, a legendary team, which in, in and of itself, of course, creates revenue. Right. Because it builds the brand. So even from a purely like business standpoint, it's it is good for business. But if you're you know, if if you're only viewing it from the bottom line of each like year to year or even quarter to quarter, then, well, it's hard to say let's buy 200 million pounds worth of players seems like a good business investment because it's not it's no guarantee. But no, but I I think that I mean, winning is more important. I mean, I don't think that. They well, would. of course, we think I don't. That. I don't. <laughs> We're no, fans. But, yeah, but I don't think you know Arsenal or United would have this global, you know, huge global fan base if it wasn't for their success. You know, if we look back to absolutely, the, you know, many many years now, um, and that's why you you see that maybe now you're starting to see more Manchester City fans. We've seen the rise of Chelsea. Oh, yeah you know, as a bigger brand globally, and that's because they've been successful. Well, and and the other thing, I mean, to that end is just like it I find it I find it maddening and kind of well, it's kind of funny to me, right? Because I became a fan of the Arsenal just about a decade ago. And you know, part of it was that they did play they still played that beautiful brand of football, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was um it was a, a a swift, fast-moving, attacking play with a lot of quick passes, and the technicality was there. 
Uh, and that's still kind of the idea, but not. it's just not really panning out. Uh, but I am the outlier, certainly among fans that I meet abroad, right, in the United States, uh, or even here in Mexico, for example. You know, I ask people how they became a fan, and the answer is Dennis Bergkamp, yep. Thierry Henry. Yeah. I mean, and, that's the thing. You, you have... know, nobody's gonna say, like nobody's gonna say, "Oh yeah, I became a fan of the Arsenal because of Danny Welbeck." Yeah, that was it. It was Danny Welbeck and Alex Awobi. Those were the guys. No, and I, I, I don't even think that Mesut Özil would be the response for a lot of young fans today either. Uh, it's and Alexis is close, but he's not. He's not a career player, and they haven't. They haven't really dominated. I mean, that's yeah. It, it's. It's very frustrating from an Arsenal perspective, but I mean, with I, I keep chomping at the bit to get ahead of myself and talk about that illustrious competition, the Europa League. <laughs> but yeah, we will, we quite. will, we will almost. Yeah, let's just move over. So okay. today, today we had Arsenal. They did advance four two on aggregate over Östersunds, but they lost the second leg two to one. Yeah, they they lost at home and they conceded. Two goals. I my perception, you know, time dilation. I thought it was within a minute. It, I was wrong. It was, it was whopping sixty nine seconds later. Yes. Yep. Um, and I'm gonna. So I'm gonna make a bold statement that's gonna seem, and then I'm gonna clarify it. And that bold statement is: Never before have I been so embarrassed to be an Arsenal supporter, and embarrassed almost to the point of shame. Now. The thing is that that's not exclusive to what happened on the pitch. I mean, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing insofar as, you know, Arsene Wenger talked a big, big game before the match started about being switched on, being professional, not letting your foot off the gas, wanting to, like, impress the home fans. More on the home fans in a second. And and they, you know, they were... Woeful in defense for the first. They gave up possession easily in midfield, which has been the story of the whole, not only, not the whole season, but like the last 14 months. And then they were found wanting and suddenly Ostersoons are one goal away from equalizing on aggregate. And written up for terrible defending and a failed clearance, just like a whiffed clearance at the beginning of the second half. Which Kolosniak, to his credit, buried. Yes, it would have been a terrifying, like maybe terrifying is too strong a word, but an extremely nervous second half for the fans. But, but, for the fans who actually watched, because the thing that embarrassed me most was not the way that Arsenal were, you know, found asleep twice quickly to potentially throw away the competition that is their best chance at Champions League football. That was embarrassing enough, but just. How many empty seats were in that stadium? It, and I, I get it. If you're a season ticket holder, this is a low priority. You think that it's all, you know, it's all done and dusted. And if Arsenal do the Arsenal and screw it up, which they very nearly did, then you might not even want to be there for that. But there's something about supporting a football club, which I think is a commitment. And it's a, you know, and you commit yourself for the good and for the bad. And just how how many red seats I saw in that stadium. I've never seen so many in my life for a competitive game. Certainly not a knockout round game. And it 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 drove me crazy. I was, you know, sitting by myself at a bar in Oaxaca, but I was just fuming at the fact that you you can't be bothered to go. Like I fly across an ocean 
to go to that stadium to watch the Arsenal, and you can't be arsed to take the tube. It just it it bothered me. I was yeah. really really disappointed in the fan base. Today. No, and it's true. And you might not have had that many. You know, you definitely didn't have that many traveling fans from Osasun since they are such a small club. They don't have that many fans. Uh, and then you but they get... were you know, they were vocal. like even before they scored that you know they were banging drums well I don't know if it was drums or they were just banging the guardrails but like all credit to them you know from from a standpoint of the supporters culture I think Ostrasoons came out with flying colors even though they failed to advance and I think that Arsenal both on the pitch and in the seats fell flat on their faces in a really disappointing way yep We'll close off the first half of the show with that. We'll take a short break here, and then we'll take a look ahead at what's coming up in the Premier League. So stick around. Okay, and we're back. We're looking forward towards match day 28. Uh, we got two, I would say, two big fixtures on the slate here. As we got, uh, there we go. First on Sunday, Manchester United against Chelsea at Old Trafford. And then on Thursday, because of the scheduling, Arsenal against Manchester City. Yeah, which, you know, will, of course, be immediately after Arsenal will have faced Manchester City in the EFL Cup final on Sunday. Yes. So, so that double, will be... Double header. Yeah, which, boy, that's – tell you what, if that was a two-leg tie, Arsenal should be concerned about potentially crashing out of it 8-0 on aggregate. Yeah. Well, what, I mean, how do you do here then? Do you go all in for Sunday then? And then – Absolutely. Of course you do. You, you have still, to. You still have enough time to rest up for Thursday's game. I don't care if, I don't care if the game is on Tuesday. Like, you're – You don't care if it's on I, Monday. I you don't care if they yeah. play right after the other game. Yeah, doubleheader. Yeah. Let's yeah. do the baseball thing. Exactly. You get an hour. I, you get an hour to rest, and then. Yeah, I, I, I know a lot of people like to discount it, um, but it's a trophy. It's a it's a goddamn trophy, and yes. if you can lift the trophy at Wembley, then you you know barring. Arsenal getting relegated from the Premier League, which is also not happening, even if they fail to miss out on the Champions League, like that will that will have more long-standing repercussions, right? Like that will be a greater failure, but you still cannot call the entire season a total wash because it's a it's a weird, strange little you know second cousin once removed stepchild that shows up at the family reunion that you don't really know kind of trophy but it's a trophy nonetheless yeah and the thing is too that if you know city would continue their streak here i don't want them to win a double i don't want them to win a treble yeah it's well they can't win the quad the quad the quattro yeah the quattro (laughs) i mean it's it's bad enough that they're running away with league yeah well and and we'll i mean we'll see though because it will be interesting from a city perspective right like if they crash out of the FA Cup and then get upset at Wembley to Arsenal, you know, there will be a, a lot of great concern at the Etihad about the uh, the state of affairs, even though, even if, even if Arsenal win this game, even if Arsenal lift that trophy and, you know, pull off a similar, perhaps even more profound upset than beating Chelsea last year in the FA Cup final, 
then City will nonetheless remain the favorites for the title. But it'll it'll make it interesting. It'll make it interesting. Yeah, I, and that's the thing too. I mean, they can pretty much even if they if they lose, they can still brush it away. Like, you know what? You know, we're focusing on the league. We're focusing on the Champions League. Yada yada yada. It's it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, and yeah. I, I but and I mean getting getting knocked out of the FA Cup. Nah, for them it's. For them, the league is more important, and the Champions League is definitely more important. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean that is like, like that I said, is the I was thing. They, all my... They've spent all this money. They brought in some phenomenal players. They're playing some amazing football, and you know, like we said, they're probably going to win the league. I, I just don't see anything else happening. That's a really good step for them. But at some point, they're going to need that you know, success in the Champions League to brand them, you know, one of the biggest clubs in Europe. I mean, they're already one of the best at paying good wages and spending cash. Yeah. Uh, the financial fair play winners or losers, depending on how cynical you are, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, they for all the money they, they've put into this club, you would almost expect them to have more silverware to show for it. Yeah. Well, that's my yeah, little. That's my little dig at City. There you go. You're welcome. That's fine. Well, and it's tricky though because you know we'll get to our our uh, scoring predictions in a moment, but it's going to be it's really hard for me to predict that game because I think the complexion of the Arsenal City game on Thursday is going to have so much to do with the result at Wembley on Sunday. I'm I'm going to go with Arsenal winning on Sunday and then City winning on Thursday. Huh. Yeah, you think think Arsenal are going to do it? Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I certainly hope so too. I, I don't know. This has been a, a really cursed trophy for us. I mean, our previous appearance against um, Birmingham City in what was it, 2011, 2012? I think it was, it was 2011. God, that was abysmal. But we need not, we need not mention the name of Sebastian Squalachi ever again on this podcast. So. Yeah, that's true. Before we get into our scoring predictions, we should talk a little bit about that Manchester United-Chelsea game. This is... I mean, I'm going to be generous with my scoring prediction this one, and I can tell you right now I'm predicting a draw. Uh, but at the same time, man, is this team bad, especially in the bigger games. Well, I... I'm curious to see how Chelsea responds to their draw against Barcelona, right? Because we were speaking earlier about how it's a result that in some in some sense both teams will be happy with given Chelsea's recent abysmal form and Barcelona's, you know, scintillating season. They seem almost you know, Paulie and I talked about this last week. They seem almost better without Neymar, right? If, mm-hmm. And it's well, that's because it, now it's, it's all now it's a Lionel Messi show all the again. time again, and that's the way he yeah. likes it. That's why Slatan didn't last in Barcelona. Yep, I mean, and but the thing is that when you're that good, and you it's maybe for the best. I mean, we're seeing it's borne out in the results that it's the best. But that said, I think Chelsea's recent woeful form, and they've been terrible at home too. I actually think that perhaps paradoxically they might have a better chance on the road than they would if they were still playing at Stamford Bridge again on Sunday. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Mourinho's track record against Chelsea, not good. Uh, 
So we'll see what happens there. Uh, one thing before we get into the uh, scoring predictions too is that former Arsenal great Sol Campbell. Did you see what he said? No. He says he is the one of the greatest minds in football after being uh-huh. o- overlooked by Oxford United. Oxford United. He cannot even get a job at Oxford United. That's that's too bad for Sol. He must just be like. One of the, you know, like those friends you have that you know that they're really bright, but they're terrible in interviews or they suck at standardized tests. So they have their own personal semi-tragic glass ceiling that's built in. Maybe Sol Campbell's like that because you would have to kind of come off as an arrogant dick in an interview if you're going to follow it up when you don't get hired by saying something like that. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I I would be interested to see if he can uh, if he can get a job somewhere. Uh, and see what he can do yeah. as a manager. But... I mean, I I I predict that five, ten, fifteen years from now, Patrick Vieira has a successful, perhaps not better than journeyman career as a manager, perhaps better. And I I don't I don't know about Seoul. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, he's Sol. he's dropping some great quotes here. I'm confident, and it's not like it's rocket science to run a football club, especially when you get to that level. If you're intelligent enough and a quick learner, you will learn pretty soon within two or three games what the team needs training-wise to survive in the league, get better in that league, to get into the playoffs, or even win the league. Uh, So we'll see. Oxford Oxford are expected to appoint Craig Bellamy as their manager instead. No. Yes. Oh, boy. That, that, honestly... That is far more damning than anything else from for Sol Campbell. Yeah. Craig Bellamy? Yes. Oh, man. I always thought that he was like the guy at the party who, if you didn't already know, you probably would want to fight by the end of the night, except you knew that he was already only going to the party in order to get into a fight. Or if he was your friend, the guy that you wanted on your side because he's just like, uh, I, you know what's funny is that he's always strangely reminded me of uh, that one kind of bug-eyed dude from Jackass. What's his name? Steve-O. Steve-O, yes. <laughs> oh, Craig yep. Bellamy. Yep. My God. So we'll see how that checks out. Okay, on to the scoring predictions. Uh, let's tr- tell the total here before we jump in. Polly's in the lead, 194. Elliot, you're in second, 181. And I'm three points behind you. 178 yeah this is a big week for our what, for our what, little competition i don't know what happened to me man it's it's sad well sad. i had i had a couple i had a couple bang up weeks so match week 25 in particular was really good for me because i got three of them spot on mm-hmm. yeah that's true uh last week i was best with 10 points so I made up four points on you. So that's always something, I guess. Uh, first game out, Leicester against Stoke. Uh, I got two to one to Leicester, the home side in that one. Yeah, I think I think that Leicester winning is right, but I think it's just gonna be just gonna be one nil. Hmm. Okay, think of the clean sheet there, huh? I think we got a clean sheet in our next one. That's Burnley against Southampton. I'm going one nothing Burnley. Yeah, I'm going to be with you on that one. Mm, copycatting. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Liverpool at home to West Ham. Fireworks in this one. 4-2 Liverpool. Is that the is that the Liverpool we're going to see, though? I'm just... Uh, they're so woefully con- inconsistent. I'm never convinced. 
That's fine. West Ham pick... also kind of garbage. 2-0. Two 2-0 nil. Two nil Liverpool. You can Not pick... that many goals. You can pick something else, and then I can get it right, and I can make up more points. That's perfectly fine for me. Uh, Brighton at home to Swansea. I'm going with the away side here. Swansea, 2-1 to one win. They need... Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Give me Swansea. Man, they're, un... the Swans... they're unbeaten in their last five. Yeah, but trending, I'm still not They are trending upwards. Yeah, sure. Whatever. They're still not that great away from home. 1-0 Brighton. Mm. Okay. That's totally different there. That's totally fine. Bournemouth at home in Newcastle. 1-1 draw in my book. No, 2-0 Bournemouth. Oh, okay. Going with the home side. And then... Yeah, we're West... zigging and zagging a lot here. Yeah, that's totally fine. West Brom against Huddersfield. That's going to be the boring game of the week. Scoreless draw. 1-0 Huddersfield. That still sounds pretty boring. Um, yeah, well, getting it done at the Hawthorns is its own thing, and it's always boring. That's true. Well, Watford at home to Everton. I'm going 3-1 Everton. Give me a Rooney uh, brace. Yeah, this is the – I'm going 1-1 one, one draw on this one. Mm. Then we got Manchester United against Chelsea. I'm going with a 1-1 one, one draw in that one. That seems that seems like a reasonable pick to me, and I think you might be right. But I, I've just got a feeling that this is – you know, Conte's side are finally going to bounce back in the league – off of a motivating, you know, wait, like we said, a, the getting something from the game against Barca, but not actually winning it. So they're going to be encouraged, but still hungry. 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea, okay. Like I said, I was being optimistic with my pick. Therefore, a draw. Yeah. Uh, then Spurs on the road against Crystal Palace. I'm going 4-1 Spurs in this one. Again, we disagree on the number of goals, but agree with the results as with An- Anfield, Tottenham win 2-0. 2-0, okay. Um, I'm banking on that Harry Kane goal-scoring form to keep on rolling, especially for my fantasy team. Then that weird Thursday game then between Arsenal and Manchester City. I'm going 3-1 City. Yeah, that seems like a safe pick because I'm inclined to say 2-1 or 4-0, <laughs> depending on the result hmm. of the EFL Cup. Because I also think that Arsenal have a chance. They have a chance of winning it. Um uh, I'm going to say 2-1 City. 2-1 City. Okay, there you have it, guys. Paul, these picks not in before recording, so he has the luxury of seeing our picks first. With that, we'll say goodbye as always. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. Paul, these P. Costell. Give Henrik Sports a follow as well, and we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.